Cam Rising didn't play. Tavion Thomas didn't play. Dalton Kincaid and RJ Hubert didn't finish the game. And Utah was still able to get their first win in Pullman since 2011. How did they do it? We're talking about it on today's Locked On Utes. You are Locked On Utes, your daily podcast on the Utah Utes. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Your team every day. Hello, everyone, and thank you for making Locked On Utes your first listen every single day. We are available on all platforms, including YouTube. Would love to interact with you guys on social media at Locked On Utes, as well as in the YouTube comments. So make sure you guys hit us up over on those channels. Today's episode is brought to you by Underdog. Sign up on underdogfantasy.com with the promo code Locked On. That's Locked On, all caps, and get your first deposit doubled up to $100. My name is JT Wistersill, former student intern inside the University of Utah Athletic Department. And on today's show, we're breaking down Utah's incredible win over Washington State, one of the weirdest games i've ever seen and my guest today dante guardi even remarked it was the weirdest game he's ever seen as well and i mean 21 to 17 utah gets the win and there's so many different things to talk about to break down to discuss with this game but i feel like the biggest thing we have to start with is cam rising not playing i know personally for me i missed the very start of this game for a little bit shout out to nate carter for catching me up on the first little bit of the game as well as i was texting with you dante until i was able to get back and restart the game and kind of watch it from there and all of a sudden it's just blowing up with cam rising not playing cam rising's not playing and everybody, a bunch of people are texting me too, asking me like, did you know about this? It's like, are we, no one knows about anything involving the Utah football team. So no, I did not know about this at all. Yes. We all thought Tavion Thomas was probably not going to play, but cam that came as a huge shock. So we all thought it was originally a really well executed screen, but coach Whittingham just talked to the media and we actually just found out that it just happened. It was before the game cam warmed up, went through everything and he just couldn't go. And to me, that makes a lot of sense because cam is a guy who has been through so much, took so much contact, took through so much brunt this season, running the ball, everything like that. I've been a huge proponent of cam running the ball, but sounds like he just needed a little bit more time. And it was cam's call as well, not to go. It wasn't coach Whittingham benching him. He said, coach, I don't got it tonight. And look, cam is a warrior. And that's why coach Witt said, I trust him and believe in him. We know he could go if he could. And that's why I trust cam as well. I know what he's capable of. I've seen what he's capable of. I've seen what he's fought through to get on the field, to fight back, to get Utah, to will them to wins. And I absolutely trust that he couldn't go tonight. And I think Bryson did a really good job in his place. Yeah. Cam is hundred percent a team first player. He really embodies everything that Utah kind of pushes and for him to be the one to say, yeah, I can't go tonight. Um, you got to just take his word for it and just believe that he really couldn't go. And like you said, Bryson did a fine job. There were some minor kinks and stuff like that in there. But overall, for a walk-on um, backup quarterback on the road, first career start, didn't really know he was playing exactly. until yeah. 10 minutes before the game. I mean, stepping in and uh, doing his thing was really impressive to me to see just from a grit standpoint. Um, but like you said, you got to take Cam's word for it. He's a warrior. He loves this team. Um, and you just got to kind of believe in what he says. I think he'll be back next week. Mm-hmm. He was on the sideline in pads, obviously warmed up, so nothing too crazy. Um, but shout out to Bryson for stepping in and on short notice and doing a fine job and leading the team to a win. Dante, this was such a weird game. I mean, we talked about the quarterback aspect of it as well, but then you just get all the things that happen at uh, two star defensive players, RJ Hubert, and then, of course, the Washington ejected from this game. So just absolutely unbelievable stuff going on there. You get muffed punts in this one. You get 
fumbles, you get fourth down stops, extended, all just madness of things happening that lead to this one being 21 to seven. And one of those, as you mentioned as well, being Bryson Bards helping lead this Utah offense on a couple successful drives. Uh, Utah, D- Dalton Kincaid gets hurt in this one as well. Something that's really scary. I mean, just continuing with the weird trends in this one, Devon Vele didn't catch a pass until the final play of the game that really mattered for Utah's offense. And of course it's their huge critical third down conversion that allows them to ice the game. So just, just an incredible, crazy stuff. And it just, it makes sense that it happened all in Pullman, right? (laughs) They haven't won there since 2011 and all these crazy things came together and including a pretty strong performance by the defense who outside of, you know, late, they even held strong on that short field. They let them held them just a field goal. You've just got to be so impressed by this Utah team, able to figuring out a way to get the win. Yeah, for me, the tackling was the best I've seen all season. There weren't a lot of missed tackles, and this is against the Washington State team. You know, four of their five leaders in receiving yards are averaging over eight yards after the catch um, per catch. So it was really an emphasis for Utah to be sound tackling here to limit those chunk plays because Cameron Ward's not a quarterback who's going to test you deep a ton. Um, He did a couple of times, and Utah paid the price. But that's very unusual from him from a statistical standpoint. Um, So in, in terms of open field tackling, Utah is fantastic. You know, 10 tackles for losses. Cole Bishop had a couple. JT Broughton got back there and made a big one. Um, a really great team effort from a tackling standpoint and just limiting Washington State's chunk plays, um, with which are usually predicated off yards after the catch. Yeah, I mean, talking about those tackles for loss, you meant uh, Bayaki, we'll talk about him in a little bit. Bishop with a tackle and a half for loss. Diabate with two tackles for loss. And Diabate as well, getting after the quarterback, having a sack and a half for him. Karene Reed with a tackle for loss. Credit Barton with a tackle for loss. Phillips, Broughton. Ellis, Fillinger, I mean, all these guys, and uh, Fillinger as well, his tackle sack and a half or what credit for his tackle for loss there, but just an incredible job by this Utah defense that's been much maligned this season, justifiably so as well, I'll say. So their backs were against the wall, and they really stepped up, and we're going to talk about them a little more in a bit, but I want to talk just a little more about Bryson, how it is so – you look, everyone prepares like they're a starter, right? We talk about that all week long. Everyone does that, but at the end of the day, when you're not the starter, and every single week you know you're not the starter, it's still going to be a little bit different where you're still preparing and training and getting ready for that moment in case, but it's also a little different if you know you're not the starter. So that's why when he came up to Bryson pregame and Bryson said like, well, but of course he's going to be at least a little shocked. He said, you know, it's always a possibility. How could you really know in a moment like that? Because Cam had taken all the reps at practice all week long. Cam had been ready to go and it just didn't work out in this one. So it was an unbelievable set of circumstances that led to Bryson come in there, but he was able to hold strong for this Utah team and make a number of plays as well. You look at it just in terms of what he did tonight. 175 passing yards, a touchdown in this one, 17 for 27. So pretty good overall. And then how about those eight carries for 51 yards as well, including a huge 28 yard run. Just every time Bryson has come in for this Utah team, he's made plays. He did it in the Rose bowl. So that's why I think a lot of Utah fans, when they saw he was starting, they were shocked and nervous, but it's not like, Oh, there's no way we can win this game anymore because you know, you trust the other pieces on this Utah football team. And you know what Bryson Barnes is capable of because we've seen him ball out on the biggest stages. And was he perfect tonight? No, but he made tons of really nice plays that helped this Utah team win. And Bryson's the kind of guy where if they had to start him the next two games, I really believe Utah would be able to get a win at home in both of them. Yeah, with Bryson, there were a couple of minor things, such as him locking onto receivers, kind of just one read and go. But he did a really great job of keeping the defense on their toes, essentially. Um, He had the one awesome throw to Money Parks on the the right side of the field. And then before that, too, he had an awesome throw to Devon Vele, I believe. Um, He just couldn't make the catch and really good coverage by whoever the Washington State DB was. But it was a really nice throw by Barnes, really, and 
really encouraging to me for him to be able to extend the field and kind of just keep the defense on their toes, as well as that 28-yard run. I believe it was on a third and four, and it was on a third and four where you see most quarterbacks kind of just get to the sticks and slide, whereas Bryson Barnes was putting his shoulder down, putting his head down, churning out those extra gritty yards. And like you said, I mean, that Rose Bowl game came in, wasn't expecting to play. This game comes in, wasn't expecting to play. So it really speaks level to the maturity of him. I mean, like we said, only a sophomore walk-on player. Um, so it was really nice to see him come in and, and do some nice things and just be able to command this offense while keeping Washington State guessing. He did do a great job commanding this offense and doing a number of nice things as well. But of course, the Utah defense was the real MVP for the Utes in this game, able to hold the Cougars to just 17 points in this one. And we're going to talk about all the things that they did outstanding in this one in a moment. But first, I want to tell you guys about Underdog Fantasy. Guys, Underdog Fantasy is super easy to set up and start playing. You can pick from players on your favorite teams or hey we know the youths were just in action but there's a ton of other fun players out there on saturday for their college pick them game available in over 30 states just pick between two and five players across any team not just your team and decide if they will finish higher or lower it's one of the easiest fantasy games to play out there and you can win cold hard cash in a single game Sign up with promo code locked on. That's one word, all caps, locked on. And underdog will double your first deposit up to $100. Deposit 100, get a free 100. Go to underdogfantasy.com or find the underdog fantasy app in the App Store, Google Play Store. And as well as make sure you head over to underdog and get in on all the action. Get on the college football action today. Pick them action. That is college football pick them action. That's underdog fantasy with promo code locked on. One word. Dante, if you were playing underdog this week, who would be some of the guys you'd be looking at to have a big game? Ooh, from the Pac-12? Just um, in general. Just in general. Just in general? NFL too? College. Just We'll say college. It's college, it's college football pick them, Dante. Okay. Fair, fair. Um, one that I like would be the slot receiver on Kentucky, Tavion Robinson. I'm expecting okay. Kentucky to kind of go down early in that game against Tennessee and kind of have to mm -hmm. throw their way back into it. And Tavion Robinson is a – fantastic slot receiver great after the catch kind of will levis his number one guy so down the in the game strip kind of matches up well for him i think he has a good get good game i really like it so make sure you guys head over to underdog and cash in on some of those picks a lot of other fun players out there as well i'd keep an eye on that hendon hooker guy in that game as well he's pretty oh, good for sure. yeah. but you know what else is really good tonight how about that utah defense so much has been made of them and their lack of the pass rush is being able to step up in those moments. And those guys came to play tonight in total held Washington state to just 264 yards and not surprising. Most of that came through the air, only 42 on the ground. And look, we talked about a lot this week on locked on Utes that it was kind of weakness on weak weakness for these two teams in terms of the biggest weakness, probably on this Washington state team is their rushing attack and ability to run the ball. Well, Utah's front seven has not been good for a lot of the parts of the year, but Utah's front seven was able to show up and win that matchup tonight, and they did an outstanding job. Another thing they were unbelievable at this Utah defense, third downs. They forced the Cougars to go 3-10 and 10 overall on third down. So just outstanding stuff from this Utah defense. Got a couple of turnovers as well, doing a great job capitalizing on that muffed punt too. So got to include the special teams in there. Yes, another missed field goal in this one, so that's not a positive thing. But Devon Bailey had a nice return in this one too. So just in general, with the offense missing their leader and Cam Rising, Dalton Kincaid, obviously severely hampered as well. This Utah team and this Utah defense was able to step up with those 10 tackles for loss you mentioned as well, and a couple of huge sacks, four for the Utes. And these were the kind of sacks that felt even more impactful to me than the USC ones because Utah was able to get back there a lot quicker than they did against the Trojans. 
Yeah, and like I was saying, the tackling was super well. And when you get Washington State into those third and long situations, and they're not a team that's going to really stretch you vertically. It's a lot more mesh concepts, drag routes, things like that, where, like I've been saying, they have to get yards after the catch to create these big chunk plays. So when it's third and 16, third and 17, and Washington State's throwing the ball eight yards down the field and banking on their guys getting up the field and getting that first down, Utah did a fantastic job countering that and not letting them do that. So like I've been saying, this tackling performance was fantastic, in my opinion, by far the best of the season. And it had to have, had to come in this game against the Washington State team that generates much of their offense off yards after the catch. Um, Jonah Ellis was a player that kind of stuck out to me on the defensive line. Um, his overall skill set is very speedy. I mean, he told me before the Florida game, his one of his quotes was literally, I am speed. So he's a <laughs> fantastic speed rusher and he's gotten a lot better as the season progressed, struggled a little bit again in the, in the Florida game. But today was very good against USC last week at six pressures. And he's really benefiting this Utah front seven when they face teams with quarterbacks who like to slip out of the pocket. Not that Cameron Ward is the most athletic quarterback, but he'll he'll stretch you a little bit. He'll get out of the pocket and make some throws on the run. And Joan Ellis did a really good job closing the space and limiting him from making making clear pocket throws when he was scrambling outside. Yeah, I I love I love that quote. By the way, that is awesome. Yeah, he, is, he, is, he is really fast across the edge as well. So I would also Utah fans, I would love to see a Photoshop of him as the Flash after that quote was just brought up as well. I feel like there's someone famous who says I am speed, but it's totally escaping my head right now. Either way, but for this Utah team, it's great to see Ella step up. How about Diabate as well? We've been talking about all year what a threat he could be in the blitz game as a guy who used to be an on-ball linebacker last year or not last year, two years ago for the Florida Gators, and then last year made that switch over to playing off ball. It was a little rough. It's been a little rough for him this year for the Utes and stretches, but tonight has a really good game, creates havoc in the backfield and flies in for another couple big plays as well. So Diabate is a guy I was very much so excited to see get on the right track for this Utah team. Another thing that was kind of got on the right track tonight or just I was really impressed with is whenever you see a backup quarterback in a game, if you're Washington State, you're going to be like, okay, we need to stop the run for this Utah team. And the Utes were able to have success on the ground. They stayed committed to the ground attack and it paid off for them as they did were able to rush for 169 yards in this one. Jalen Glover stayed with it on the ground. Yes, only 3.8 yards per carry, but anytime you can still rush it for 20 times, that's a large workload. I actually believe I said just two um, earlier this week, I want to say it was Monday's show with Bill Riley. I said that I didn't expect the Utah running back to get up to 20 carries again this year. Now, if you would have told me Cam Rising wouldn't play, I probably would have changed that, but still credit to Jalen for being able to handle and take on that workload as well. You know, Makai got three carries in this game. It was originally reported he wasn't going to put, he will all week. We thought he was going to play. Then it was reported that he wasn't going to play. Then he actually did play, but wasn't very effective because he was nicked up. So he only got three carries, had one yard on those as well. So it really fell on guys like Jalen and Jaquindon as well to be able to go out there and make plays. And Jalen was able to do that, fought for those tough yards. He's not the greatest running back in the Pac-12 by any means, Jalen Glover, but he still makes some really nice moves and plays out there, and he displays good vision, good opportunities, good toughness. And how about Jaquindon Jackson, man? He's just – look, I know there was that botched handoff, but that was a little bit on Jaquindon. There was pressure in his face already. That was a little bit on Bryson as well. I didn't think that was just a whole mess. The pressure – Logan Kendall missed a block there. When does Logan Kendall ever miss blocks? That was just a totally broken play on all parties. But the spin move he had before that was absolutely electric. Reminded me a little bit of Braxton Miller. I know some people are going to think that's a little much, but man, did it just get me fired up about it. I'm a huge Jaquindon fan, and I love seeing him more in the running game, and I was impressed with him tonight. Also caught a body early on in the game when he absolutely leveled a Washington State defender. So it was fun to see this Utah running backs get going. And you know what? I've been hard on them too. Got to give some credit to the O block as well tonight. Able to move some guys around up front and help this Utah team get a win without their leader in Cam Rising. 
yeah, when Jaquinnon ran over that guy in the red zone, the blocking up front wasn't fantastic. So credit to Jaquinnon for making that jump cut, getting outside, and then just absolutely smashing that fool and then punching it in for a score a few plays later. So that was really awesome to see. And he made a couple other really nice moves as well, like that spin move you mentioned. And then credit to Utah for just kind of sticking with the ground game, not abandoning it early, knowing that it could still be effective. And while there were some inconsistencies, they got the job done when it mattered. You know, sure, Jalen Glover only averaged 3.8 yards per carry, but if you're running the ball for 3.8 yards on four plays, you're getting a first down. Mm-hmm. That's the optimistic way to look at it. And obviously, Jalen's just a freshman. A 20-carry workload is a lot, a lot more than yes. I ever expected to see him, especially this early on in his career. So credit to Utah for just kind of hanging in there, staying gritty, um, and churning out a tough win. It was a fantastic one in which we saw Jaquinda and a couple Jalen Glover as well be able to smash them fools, as you said, Dante. <laughs> You love to see it out of this Utah team. And we're going to talk about getting give away some game balls as well as talk about something as it relates to the current state of this Utah team, because there are some pretty big injuries going on right now not to put too much of a downer spin on what is a fantastic game and an unbelievable win for this Utah program. And, but like I said, we'll get to all that in a second. First, I want to talk to you guys about sweat block guys. Have you ever been in a situation where you just let it out a little too much in the sweat department, whether it was on a date, you're giving a speech or something, and you want to look your best and you don't have the right protection under your arms. So that way it ends up leaking a little too much and you're trying to keep it in. And that's where you guys need sweat block. Sweat block was created by a doctor to help with his own excessive sweating and is doctor created and doctor recommended. If you or someone you love is experiencing embarrassing sweat or odor, try sweat block, say 20% with promo code locked on at sweatblock.com. It's also available on Amazon. So if you guys want to impress that special someone or look sharp in that big meeting, make sure you head over to Sweatblock and get yourself some protection for your underarms today. So back in with this Utah team, we're going to give out some game balls in a second, but I do want to just talk about a few things with this Utah offense at the moment because they're very much so banged up right now. If you talk to me coming into the year about like who are the the, one, the only one who's pretty much healthy right now is Devon Vailey of the main guys that you feel really good about right now. We obviously know Brent Keith, he's already gone for the year, and this Utah team has done a really good job acclimating without him. Dalton's injury looked very concerning, didn't come back in. Uh, Tavion is obviously dealing with some off the field stuff. It was very, it's very encouraging as well. I'll say with Tavion to see him continue to tweet in support of his teammates, be very involved and active coach Whit mentioned post game. They hope to get him back soon. I feel like Tavion is going to be able to play next Saturday. I know absolutely nothing about that situation. We've been talking about it on the show just because it's an important th- piece of what's going on with this Utah team. The fact that Tavion's not there, I do not know why he isn't there right now. So hopefully everything is okay with him and he will be available soon for this Utah team, but also Makai. Bernard, he's not in there for this Utah group, and Cam Rising wasn't able to go either. So when talking about level of concern with these injuries right now, I would say it's medium. We, I'm going to be really interested to hear what comes out about Devon, um, excuse me, not Devon, Dalton. Dalton's injury is the one I'm probably the most concerned about. I feel like Makai, Cam Rising, those guys will be good to go next week. But, man, the Dalton one looked kind of scary because, as we, you mentioned, Dante, just he – was nicked up the play before and then he scored the touchdown and you just see the pain on his face. And that's the kind of scream that usually doesn't lead to only a week or two miss. So that's where I'm a little concerned right now. Dalton is an absolute warrior, a fantastic tight end for this Utah team and a great person as well. So I hope it's not nothing, but I'm definitely my, like I said, medium level of concern right now for this Utah team because of how many injuries they have to their stars on offense. Yeah. With Dalton, little bit weird. I'm not a doctor, so I don't really know all the terminology and things like that. So it's kind of wait and see. Not but, medical school? No, nah, unfortunately <laughs> not. Um, but 
without Dalton for the whatever it was seven minutes we didn't we saw the Utah offense without him. I feel like just without him, it takes away a lot of that short and intermediate passing game. He's kind of like the safety blanket of this offense. Like whenever you need something, just give it to Dalton because he makes plays and he's always gaining separation no matter what the coverage is. And without him, it kind of takes away that fake, that play action rollout screen where he'll get nine yards after the catch and an automatic first down on third and four. Little things like that, I feel like are going to be the biggest things that Utah are missing if Dalton and is out for a while. But I'm not going to speculate too much. The injury didn't look too great. Um, from my point of view, I'm definitely not banking on him to play next week, as unfortunate as that is. I'm hoping for the best. I'm hoping he does play because he just adds another dimension to this Utah offense. Um, and without him, it's going to be really interesting to see how Utah handles their two best pass catchers and two best tight ends um, not being involved in the offense going forward. Yeah, the best tight end duo, tight end duo, not just in the country, in the Pac-12, but the country, I would say. And yeah. Utah could be without both of them. So it's very much so a crushing blow for this Utah team. And now after we do, after every Utah game time to give away some game balls. And my first one's going to Dalton Kincaid, seven catches, 56 yards was not right going into this one. It really felt like either, but still hung in there. And even after he had gotten nicked up, wanted to stay in the game and made the catch and the play as well. So huge game for Dalton, seven receptions, 56 yards and the huge late touchdown that without it, Utah simply wouldn't have won this game in that situation. So all the credit to him for fighting it out. Also, staying on the offensive side of the ball, want to give some credit to Bryson Barnes as well. I mean, we talked about just the job he did coming in. It's just so challenging. That's short, short of a turnaround before a game here. You're going to start, and it just shows you what a gamer he is to be able to be like, all right, I got this. Like, There's no time to think and be like, oh, I don't know about this. I'm just ready to go, and that's what makes Bryson such a phenomenal backup is he's always ready no matter what's going on. Also want to shout out Jalen Glover. Because, man, just 20 carries is a lot as a freshman, as we talked about Dante. And I'm just so floored that he was able to take that on and still find 76 yards rushing as well. Anyone else on offense you would give a game ball to? Yeah, I actually got two guys. They both served a very similar purpose, um, but their skill sets are very similar. I feel like it would be unfair to not include both of them. And that's Jalen Dixon and Money Parks. Both of them had spectacular catches that set up Utah uh-huh. touchdowns. Dixon's for 27 yards on a crucial third down set up that Dalton and K touchdown and Money Parks had two catches for 43 yards. The big one was the 32 yarder that set up Utah's first score of the game. These are kind of the glue guys of Utah's offense and they really played great tonight and made some crucial catches and helped out uh, Bryson Barnes in his first career start while also just giving this Utah offense a jump start. Um, and contributing to some crucial scores that were obviously extremely crucial in a four-point game. Yeah, absolutely had to have them, and those guys have been so much fun to watch this season as Utah's offense becomes more explosive. They've really done a great job stepping up for this team when they needed to. Speaking of stepping up, let's look at things from the defensive side of the ball. Coming into this game, Sione Vaki had six tackles on the season. He had nine tonight to lead this Utah team. Absolutely incredible performance by him. Had half a tackle for loss as well. Five of those were solo tackles. So the freshman safety from California absolutely made his impact held tonight, Dante. And I was so impressed with what he was able to do out there. Yeah, really just flying around. Um, had a knack forever, wherever, wherever the ball was. He kind of just seemed to be the one closing in and making a, making the tackles. Um, obviously, nine of them really big. And as I've been saying, tackling was a really big point of emphasis for me heading into this game. That was one of my three keys to victory. It was just tackle well because Washington State's going to beat you with yards after the catch. Yoni Vaca did a fantastic job keeping his eyes on Cameron Ward while also still being serviceable in coverage and closing in and making some really nice tackles. And um, with RJ Hubert probably going to be out for the first half next, uh-huh. next week, they're going to appeal it, but 
I'm going to take my chances and say that he's not going to be playing in the first half. So that means Sione Vake will get some more reps, and it's going to be awesome to see how he does against an Arizona team that has some awesome receivers and a quarterback who's not afraid to sling it. You know, and he's, this isn't a game ball for me, really, but great to see Clayton Isbell as well flying in there late, got the big QB pressure on yeah. Ward that helped Utah hold the Cougars to that late field goal. So Isbell's a guy a lot of people are excited about to see this year, and it was fun to see him get a little more run in this one tonight. My last two game balls on the defensive side of the ball are going to two guys I was really hard on these last two weeks over the course of the bye week as well as this one, and that's uh, Mahmoud Diabate as well as Van Fillinger. Fillinger tonight, uh, Two total tackles, but one of those, one of the one and one half of those were a sack in this one. And Diabate as well. He had six tackles, three of those solos, two tackles for loss, and as well as half a sack. And those were both guys who look, Fillinger, I thought would be an elite pass rusher for the in the Pac 12 throughout this season. And I'll say this, there's still a couple weeks left. So maybe he is able to be able to turn it on and get going because I feel like throughout much of the season, when Utah has needed someone to come in and get pressure, I thought it would be him. It hasn't up to this point, but was able to get home tonight on a couple sacks. So got to respect it there. And then Diabate able to fly in there, make his presence felt on some of those big plays. And you could really give one to the entire Utah defense because they knew they really had to step up with this offense that look, it was the offense that had to step up last week. Yes. The defense made a couple of stops, but it's very similar to the USC game in this way. I'll say, because if you look at the USC game, Utah's offense was really good. And then the defense made just a couple of plays to help them win it. And that's what it felt like it was tonight. Just a reverse Utah's defense was really good the entire time. And then Utah's offense just made a couple of plays that helped them get the win as well. So I would honestly just give game balls to the entire defense and credit to Morgan Scali as well, who had a fantastic game plan to hold Ward in check. Yeah, awesome collective effort from the entire Utah defense. And this is a Washington State team that before a couple of years ago had a four-game winning streak against Utah. So this was an opponent that yeah. had a lot of success, especially throwing the football because that's what that's all Mike Leach did. And very similar this year, they throw the ball in like 72% of their plays. So just an awesome collective effort from the entire Utah defense. Van Fillinger, there was just something else about his game tonight, just yeah. never quitting on a play. The high motor was in full effect, never giving up on a play and just coming up with some awesome, awesome sacks. And Mohamed Diabate, same thing, you know. Uh, the communication between him and Karene Reed when they brought the house was very sound. They weren't bunching into each other. They were getting around tackles, blowing up guys. Karene Reed blew up Washington State's running back on one of the on a play, I believe. Um, just like we were saying, an extremely awesome collective effort from a defense that really needed to step up with all the um, question marks on Utah's offense heading into this one. This Utah defense had to step up. Utah offense had to step up. The coaching staff needed, even had to step up. Andy Ludwig has this massive game plan planned for Cam Rising to go out there and do his thing. And then all of a sudden, wait, Bryson's in the game. I've got to call a completely different game now. So all credit around to this Utah team. And great teams find ways to win. This Utah team is by no means a great team yet, but this is the kind of win that great teams do when you're out all of these players. There's so many reasons Utah should have lost this game because of all the players they were missing, all the players that were hurt as well. Um, just all the different aspects going into it on the road. Haven't won in Pullman since 2011 and they won. It's absolutely incredible. All the credit in the world to this Utah team. What a fun, crazy performance. This absolutely lived up to Pac-12 after dark on a Thursday night as well. And it was just an incredible win for this Utah team. It's got me fired up about it. And Dante, it's always great to be a Ute, but tonight feels a little bit sweeter. 100%. Just some last post-game thoughts. Looking back five, six years ago, this is not a game Utah wins. And this type of win speaks levels to the job that Kyle Whittingham has done off the field, kind of branding Utah and pushing Utah as a place to come play, an attractive place to play for kids from Texas, California, Florida, the big states that push out a lot of recruits. The game that comes to mind 
was 2015. Utah loses Devontae Booker. First game off the bat, only scored nine points at home against UCLA. That game knocks Utah out of the race for the Pac-12 championship. Now, with all the depth, there, there used to be a huge drop-off between the ones and the twos. Now, with all these new talents coming in, better talents coming in, there's not so much of a drop, and Utah's able to handle adversity and win games on the road in conference on a Thursday night in a game that screamed trap all day long and come up with a really gritty win. So hats off to Kyle, hats off to the players, and just hats off to Utah for really branding themselves off the field and making Utah an attractive place to play for all these recruits who are now paying dividends. Even if they're not starting, they're still getting opportunities and getting a big win on the road when the conference championship is still within reach. Still is with reach. This is a huge one the youths needed to have, and they're able to get it on a strange Thursday night. And what a win it was for the Utah Utes. Dante, what kind of things do you have coming up with Ute Zone? Same thing as always, man. Just packed off quarterback rankings. I always do my three keys to victory. Occasionally I'll pull out put out like a what went right, what went wrong. So probably look out for that tomorrow. Um, but Looking forward to watching some more Pac-12 football this week. You know, we don't get a lot of chances to do that with Utah playing on Saturday. Now we get two weeks in a row. Um, that USC-Arizona matchup is a fantastic quarterback matchup, one to definitely keep your eye on. It should be an extremely high-scoring, fun game um, between two of the better quarterbacks in the Pac-12. Um, so just keep your eye out for everything I post. You know, uh, I feel like I do a pretty good job with my insight and analysis. So stay tuned. Yeah, make sure you guys keep it with Dante. Dante, we appreciate you staying up past your bedtime as well, 1241. I know you're still in college, so appreciate you hanging out with us late here for some Locked On Utes after dark as this one turned in new. And we want to thank you guys once again for making Locked On Utes your first listen. For your next listen, check out Locked On Sports Today, the podcast. So Locked On Sports Today podcast, the biggest stories of the day, plus instant reactions, big game recaps, and the take of the day available on the Odyssey app, YouTube, and wherever you get your podcasts. Utah fans, have a fantastic weekend. We will be back with you Saturday. Enjoy your Friday and Saturday without any stress about Utah football because I bet you got a lot of it in the night after this insane finish we just witnessed. But once again, thank you all for making Lockdown Use your first listen every day, and we'll see you next week. Have a great weekend.